on that hack. I wasn't sure how I was going to title this. Satan's huge disinformation campaign. I got it turned on, I thought. It says it's on. Channel 6. Or 61. Turn it off and on, okay. There's on. Can you hear me now? All right. So, I didn't know what to call it. Satan's great dis or huge disinformation campaign, or how much did that Apple virus mess up our thinking abilities? Now, before I go any further, this is my disclaimer. It has nothing to do with Apple computers, okay? I'm talking about the fruit that is commonly called an apple that Adam and Eve ate, okay? So, and why did they fall? Because they did not believe the truth. They believed the lie. I don't know if many of you know who Ken Ham is, but I became more aware of him just a few weeks ago on Sabbath night when we watched his message, Start with God's Word, or this will happen. Basically, he talks about how many people will say they believe God's Word, but they don't necessarily, because there are a lot of people who have different opinions or understandings of what words you need to listen to. And when that happens, things can start going off the rails. So how can I say that? Because I believe that we need to believe exactly what God said. <clears throat> Not what we think or what we may opine that God said. Let me say that by saying that, I mean to the best of our abilities and to s that we should strive to do that. For instance, let me ask you a question that Mr. Ham asked. How old is the earth? Most people have various estimations. Or there are many people, okay? Seems to me the most popular common estimation would be, you know, millions or billions of years old. But if you ask how long it has been since creation, well, it seems they may have a little better chance of nailing that down. So I went online and asked that question, and I found this, and it talks about dates of creation. I couldn't get the slide to play nice, so I'm, and, and thankfully, the guru back there, thank you, Brian, got it to play nice, and he had to fight it a little bit. Anyway, various religions and cultures have calculated a specific year, day, or time for creation. 77.76 trillion years ago. That's the Puranic Hinduism calculating repeating cycles of the creation of the universe. I don't know about the repeating cycles, so I don't know what that means. You keep reinventing. 15 billion years ago, light labeling. I have no idea what light labeling is. At 186,000 miles per second, 
takes about 15 billion years to reach Earth from distant objects. I'll take their word for it. So here's 5508 B.C. That's the year of creation as adopted in 7th century A.D. Constantinople and used in the Eastern Orthodox Church and in Russia until early in the 18th century A.D. 5490 B.C. That's the year of creation as reckoned by early Syrian Christians. 4004 B.C. October 23rd at 9 a.m. How's that for nailing it down? That's the date of creation as it was reckoned by Irish theologian James Usher in 1650 A.D. And John Lightfoot had figured the same thing out a decade earlier. 3760 B.C. is the year of creation as it is reckoned in the Hebrew calendar. And that will be used from the, that started to be used in the 15th century A.D. Now, I did find out a while back that the, the Jewish reckoning of time is very exact. The uh, NASA scientists were amazed. They say that their second is broken down in, in like 1,008 units, that the, the Jews, the way they figure it out. Now, that's pretty stinking exact. And the thing was, see, God, God set up the new calendar, right, when he'd established them. And then he started filling it in. And they had to keep track of it. And they've done an excellent job. Then 3641 B.C., February 10th. And that's the date of creation reckoned by Mayan calendars in the Western Hemisphere. Mr. Ham and his message said 6,000 years. So in 1738... D. Vignolis, I'm probably dis mispronouncing his name, stated that he had accumulated no fewer than 200 computations of uh, the date of creation, and all based on various dispersed interpretations of the Bible. This guy was busy, wasn't he? So then my mind coupled this with Matthew's message, The Hack of Salvation which got me to thinking about a few things, and I thought I'd share some of them with you. So Deuteronomy 8.3. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but, by, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Here's an excerpt from both Matthew 4.4 and Luke 4.4, and quoting Deuteronomy 8.3. As it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. So, back I go to Mr. Ham's message about God's words, actually about my ruminations on God's words. So Exodus 12.40 and 41. Now the sojourn of the children of Israel who lived in Egypt was 430 years. God had told him it was going to be that time, and it was that time. And it came to pass at the end of the 430 years on that very same day, it came to pass that all the armies of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. People pretty much believe and accept that, don't they? 
But when they ask, how old is the earth, right? So, when was the Sabbath day established? Genesis. Hmm? Thank you. So, uh, Genesis 2, 2 and 3. On the seventh day, God ended his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. This brings up another question in my mind. Is the Sabbath day strictly a Jewish thing? And I'll give you my opinion on that. I don't think so. And well, I'll tell you why. There was no Jewish thing back then. The Jewish thing didn't show up until God brought them out of Egypt and they became a nation. <clears throat> Jesus established it because Jesus was the one who was doing the creation, creating with the power of the Lord, right? Power of God. And he did it on the seventh day. What do I mean by the seventh day? That was the first one that was ever was. There was the first day, second day, third day, all this creating going on, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day, creation was through. And on the seventh day, God rested. Okay. Next question. When did the Israelites flee from Egypt? According to Wikipedia, the book of Ex Exodus itself attempts to ground the event firmly in history, dating the Exodus to the 2,666th year after creation. Exodus 12, 40 and 41. Now the sojourn of the children of Israel who lived in Egypt was 430 years. You guys heard this before. And it came to pass at the end of those 430 years, on that very same day, came to pass that the armies of the, all the armies of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. So God keeps pretty good track of things, doesn't he? Because he is the one who inspired Moses to write these things down. So let's run through it, okay? Oh, I forgot my, I had me a, uh, stopwatch, but I can use this one. So, Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Two, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the earth, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Three, then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Four, and God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from darkness. Five, so God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So, the evening and the morning were the first day. Let's see, that took, oh, about 24 hours. All right, y'all still with me? Okay. What happened next? Start the timer again. God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. Let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament, divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, 
And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. So the heaven, so the evening and the morning were the second day. Another click, about 24 hours. Now I'm thinking that there would be two ways we can understand this. The firmament would be what we call our atmosphere. All right? I mean, that's how we refer when we look up in the sky and we say up in the heavens, right? Or soaring above the heavens is another way when you're flying, okay? So let's check it out. Genesis 7, 11, and 12. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, on that day, doesn't give a time like 9 in the morning, but that's okay. All the fountains of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were open. And the heaven was on the earth 40 days and 49, I'm sorry, the rain was on the earth 40 days and 49. So I'm going to go with heaven in this instance to mean the sky or atmosphere. I'm going to go with 40 days and 40 nights as to how long it rained. And here were the results in verses 23 and 24. So he destroyed all living things which were on the face of the ground, both man and cattle, creeping things and birds of the air. They were destroyed from the earth. Only Noah and those who were with him in the ark and the animals and stuff remained alive. And the waters prevailed on the earth 150 days. So even if you were good at treading water, you weren't going to make it. Okay. Now I'm still going to stick with what I believe God's word says. We're talking 24-hour days made up one day and one night. I realize that I zoomed way ahead of creation here, but it was just to clarify what I understand constitutes a whole 24-hour day <clears throat> made up of cycle of nighttime and daytime. My goal here is to get us to realize that God understands what a day is because he created it. I have not doubted that many people would say that only an idiot would believe that why they would believe that. Why, they would say, there's no way of all that could happen in one day-night cycle. Perhaps they should read Job, check out the conversation between him and God. That's probably a lot, a lot of people who don't believe that happened either, you know. But the thing is, what is that? What, what is when they say that only an idiot would believe that, that can happen. Who said that it happened that way? Anybody jump in here with that? Simple answer is called God. God said it happened that way, right? So if you say, no, 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 it's got to be because all of this, blah, 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 you're saying that God lied, that God doesn't know what he's talking about, and therefore you're calling him a liar, and therefore you're showing your ignorance, in my opinion. I'm probably making some enemies here, but that's okay. I'll just stick with God. He got me here. <clears throat> so, what does that indicate that they want to limit God? Mark me down as being an idiot, because I believe God. And perhaps what Pastor Steele said has a lot of truth in it. Perhaps in that fruit that Adam and Eve ate, that infected them with that virus, that hack, 
a little bit of obstinate stupidity code was implanted in our DNA that says, don't believe God. Whatever happens, don't believe him. Even when his word proves true, keep denying. How do we overcome that? Because we're all infected with this thing, right? By using the tool that Adam and Eve had, but didn't use faith. Think of it. What was the original way of avoiding that hack? By not listening to Satan and say, God said this. God's word said this. Genesis 2, 16 and 17. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day you eat of it, you shall surely die. It changed our DNA, didn't it? And that's what's happened ever since, hasn't it? Because Adam and Eve didn't eat of the other tree, the knowledge, or the, the tree of life. They ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I think that if they had eaten of that tree first, there wouldn't have ever been a problem. But they didn't listen, and they didn't obey. Guess what? Man still is not listening. Not listening to what? To every word of God. So here's what I've learned. Our father knew that he, what had to be done even before it happened. Okay? The only thing that could be done to redeem man to fix that sin virus was by the life of his only begotten son so that through his life, death, and resurrection, can truly become, we can truly become his perfect children. So he did just exactly that. And we are getting closer and closer and closer to that end time when Jesus returns and conquers all mankind and all of the earth. And we will never have to worry about it again. It won't be easy and it won't be without cost, but it will happen. And it will most definitely be worth it because we will then be absolutely perfected in Christ and become his bride. So, when Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home, let's pay attention to that, okay? When Christ shall come, then he will take us home. Both of those are going to happen.